We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, this is Dirk Nowitzki, and you listen to the Maps Step Back Podcast. Let me step back for a minute, tired of the gimmicks, see we just focused on winning, ball in the airline center, we about to get litty, Luca carrying a torch, Borden jumped up off the porch, how you reckon with his force, third season in the game, and he a legend by his fourth, look, after dirt, now the king of Dallas, airline serving as the palace, young team and it's full of talent, want revenge, we accept the challenge, Luca carrying a legacy, what it take to be an MVP, being great, know it cost a fee, know it really Really ain't that hard to see. Hold on, wait. Silence the critics, cause they never did it. Pass out Jordan, I woke up the city. Map shoot hot like we straight out the chimney. Go back to Batman, I'm calling them Drizzy. Both triple doubles, I'm waiting on 50. Step back smoother, you know it's so filthy. If I get down on my team, gonna lift me. Rep the map, step back. Overcame the setbacks. Starting where we left that. No, we gotta get back. No, we gotta get back. Rep the map, step back. Overcame the setbacks. Starting where we left that. No, we gotta get back. Like, no, we gotta get back. Let me step back for a minute. 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 How's it going, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Mavs Step Back Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host and DallasBasketball.com colleague, Matt Galatson. Matt, how are you doing today? How do you like the new digs, the new logo, the new intro? How you doing? <laughs> it's exciting, man. Uh, new new brand uh new company new everything it's so fresh and so clean and i like it it's really yeah. cool yeah i mean look we were already we were already considering a rebrand re- uh even before uh the blue wire 
guys approached us about it because you know <laughs> our, our colors were more charlotte hornets type i mean it, it started out as a as a cool idea and we wanted to be a little bit different and everything but uh, we just felt like it'd be better if we got back to actual mavs colors and uh, it was a good time to do it because we just joined the blue wire podcast network all those guys have been great uh, they have a graphic designer and uh, one of the main guys we talked to he was just like hey would y'all be open to a rebrand and we're like well sure yeah we've been thinking about doing that anyway and then sure enough he comes up with this awesome you know silhouette drawing of luca doing a step back and it's just it's fire the whole thing's fire and then obviously our guy andrew bishop uh he goes by six six drew every time he makes an intro for us like <laughs> everybody loses their minds uh and we're actually going to have this one posted on YouTube here in the next week. So when people ask about it, we can refer you to it. So that'll be great. Uh, definitely go check out his work. Uh, again, that's six, six drew. Uh, he's got an album coming out. I think the first week or so in February is called black roses. And, you know, he's kind of, he's kind of going through a rebrand himself too. I know all of his old music that's on Spotify and everything, uh, that's no longer going to be there uh, after, you know, or before this album comes out. So go check out what he's got now while you can. And then uh, his new stuff will, I have no doubt, is going to be great as well. So, but yeah, like you said, it's exciting. Uh, you know, as the Mavs continue to rise uh, with Luca playing the way he's playing, uh, hopefully this podcast will continue to grow and uh, rise along with them. So, uh, anyway, <laughs> Matt, today we're basically just going to go through our mailbag questions because we got a lot of really good ones. Uh, you know, the Mavs, they have this really tough stretch coming up. Uh, they're going to be playing the, the Jazz and Suns in back-to-back games, so two separate two-game series against those teams. Uh, they catch a little bit of a break tonight because Donovan Mitchell is out with a concussion. So they, they won't uh, – the Jazz won't have Donovan Mitchell, but, you know, Rudy Gobert, he still gives the Mavs fits. And as we learned in that last game where Jamal Murray got ejected, uh, it really doesn't matter who's out because the Mavs, they're, they're going to have to show up. They're going to have to play as if, you know, the other team is uh, fully staffed. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see how it goes. But uh, the Mavs are 8-9 and – and uh, before we read off this first question, Matt, I did want to bring this up. Uh, the Ringer put out a, a really nice article that our buddy Kirk shared on Twitter a while ago, and it was talking about, you know, the the teams that, you know, the schedule has pretty much dictated what their record is right now, the schedule plus COVID stuff. The Mavs are 8-9, and nine, but they've had the fifth – in the games they've played, they've had the fifth highest strength of schedule. And going from here forward, their strength of schedule is going to be 29th. <laughs> so when, when I saw that, and given everything that they've gone through so far earlier this season uh, or up till this point, that should, you know, help people calm down a little bit more because they have had a really, really tough stretch and they've been without – uh, three starters plus Dwight Powell uh, for a while now, and they're getting 
uh, three of those guys back tonight in probably limited minutes, but it'll still be good to have them back. So what do you think about that little nugget from the ringer? I liked it. I thought uh, – I think you put it um, put it nicely when you said three starters and Dwight Powell. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, that was my – that was a nice way of putting it, you know, because the only thing I didn't uh, agree with <laughs> in that ringer article was uh, – he, he mentioned Josh Richardson, Dorian Finney-Smith, Maxie Kleba, and Dwight Powell as four of the Mavs' most important two-way players, which, you know, with no, no, not Dwight Powell in that group. But anyway. I mean, that's just – look, the ringer doesn't watch every basketball team. They like to act like they do, but nobody does. Nobody can. They are so, Mavs friendly, though, and I like that about that's them. That's fine, but they don't, they don't watch every single game. They don't know – what's going on all the time. And that's, and that's totally fine. They're just using their knowledge based on the names and what they've heard in the past and all that stuff. And that's fine, but we've watched it. We know Dwight is not a starter anymore. Probably never really was. It will be nice to have him back just in the sense that um, there's somebody else to put out there, except for Nate Hinton at the, at the end of games. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, he'll play more than that, though I'm sure, because Rick Rick loves him and and all that. But uh, look, I I like the I like the idea of what he's saying about the the schedule and and all that. Um, for me, it doesn't really give me that much more comfort just because the team's playing so inconsistently right now. I have no idea who they can beat and who they can't beat on a night on a night to night basis. But I mean, so, again, but I mean, again, and another little, another little tidbit in that article was, you know, the the actual projected starting five for the Mavs, you know, going into the season, they haven't played one minute together, right? Yes. <laughs> Which is crazy to think about, you know, seventeen games into the season, but I mean, that's just that's just the facts of it. That's what's happened. Uh, so I, I think they'll be okay. Yeah, and and what KP is eventually going to find his, you know, his consistency and and, and get his feet back under him. He hasn't. Well, I mean, look, I mean, it's it's not a coincidence that I mean we've screamed this multiple times, but I don't think it's a coincidence that when KP plays at the five, he looks absolutely incredible, and then they move him back to the four again. And he has games like he did last game. It just, you know, it, it just doesn't work. I get, you know, if guys have – if teams have two formidable big big guys, I know Rick Carlisle's thinking like, okay, well, we need to play another, you know, center alongside KMP and move him down to the four just for matchup purposes. Don't do that. You know, even if you're shorthanded, I think you have a better chance – of beating these teams if you just leave KP at the five. Well, there's so much evidence now that he is best utilized at that position. Forget about matchups and just keep him at the five and he'll keep playing well and everything will be fine. You know, that, you know, maybe I'm wrong about this, Matt, but I just, I feel so strongly that he needs to stay at that position. You're not wrong. And they, they need to, they need to have either Maxie or Dorian at four. And then, you know, on down the line, we know the rest of the lineup, but KP needs to be at the five. And I know there are some people out there who are so set that he's a four. I'm not going to name names, 
He's just they know who they are. His skill set is a stretch for yes, but he is just not. He's not best utilized at that position, and the the evidence speaks for itself. So I mean, yes, and the, and eventually Rick is going to figure that out. I know how stubborn he is. I mean, we all know how stubborn he is. So maybe it's going to take a little time, but maybe when they're fifteen and sixteen. <laughs> And Hopefully this thing not happening over and over again. He'll finally be like, oh, okay, well, this is working. And oh, okay, this isn't working. And then they'll leave him there and he'll start to, to play better. But what I – we don't really need to get into this very deeply because I'm sure somebody asked about it in the questions. I haven't looked at any of the questions yet. Um, but can we, can we stop trading KP – like just just to trade him, everybody's saying just get rid of him, just get rid of him. Yeah. Like all this, just just stop. And please. look, and look, there. I'm on the record as saying that, you know, I would. It would be hard for me to not trade KP for Bradley Beal at this point. But again, like I'm not going to be upset if they if they didn't do that. I mean, I I still like KP, and I think if he's utilized correctly then everything will be okay. But, uh, I mean, that being said, I mean, he, he pretty much I, – I don't want to be – I don't want to be mean about it, Matt, but, I mean, he pretty much was the main reason they lost that last game. <laughs> That's fine. But he's, he's not the first player in the history of basketball to be the reason that a team lost right. the game. Right, and that's what I said too. I mean, I, I followed up after I said that the other night that, you know – he'll probably bounce back and have a big game against Rudy Gobert. <laughs> and then everybody will be thinking we're championship contenders again. But, you know, that's just the ebbs and flows of the season. And, uh, you know, that, that stuff just happens. But anyway. He's, he's, under, he's under a particular microscope because of what it took to get him and his injury concerns and all that stuff. And people yes. want to see him finally be what he's supposed to be. Yeah. And I think that's frustrating people. Yeah, what what they had to give up to get him, uh, the contract they gave him after they got him, and then the fact that he just he still this far into his career hasn't been able to uh, to stay healthy for a full season. But so far so good since he's come back. So we hope that that keeps up. Uh, but anyway, we're gonna jump into these mailbag questions now, guys. We we really appreciate it. These have been so so good the last you know two three times we've done it and it seems like we get more and more people participating and uh you know we're going to go back and when we post this stuff we'll uh we'll tag everybody on on twitter and all that and give you a little love there too but anyway we're going to start out with chris lopez he uh long time he's a long time listener he contributes to the majority of these mailbags and chris says how soon do y'all estimate fans will be able to return to the AAC. Uh, Mark Cuban may have already answered this somewhere. I hadn't caught it yet. So I, I, I don't think that has been determined yet. They were hoping that they could do it at some point this season. Uh, but I'm, I guess the short answer to this is we just don't know yet. Uh, it really just depends on how soon uh, everybody can get vaccinated, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I really don't know. What's your thoughts on it, Matt? I have no idea. Um, it just 
it just depends on on the numbers and and how you know how the league is able to control things and I I really have no idea I'm not an expert on on corona but it's I would if I had to I miss it I'll I'll say that I miss it and I want to go back if I had to guess and this is strictly a guess as conservative as the Mavs have been with it so far I would just assume that they'll go the rest of this season without fans and then they'll they'll start next season with fans is just my guess so uh, we'll we'll see how that turns out. We'll see if they eventually let a certain number in later on, but that's what I'm thinking. Okay, next one. This is from Mavs United on Twitter. It says, "Why why won't Rick create plays for Luca? Decent three pointer, three point chances, and easy two point chances for KP." Uh, that's also not. I mean, it's not something you can really give a direct answer for. I will say this, uh, there, Luca has been getting more spot up three attempts or at least chances this year, I feel like, uh, than he has the last two seasons. So I think those opportunities are there. I just don't know if Luca, he doesn't really like to, to take those shots. You know, if he has open space, he's more prone to drive now or, you know, he's shooting like nearly 60% from mid-range this season, which is outstanding. Like he just went <laughs> – he went back to his toolbox this offseason and added the dirt midi to his <laughs> – to his already uh, stacked toolbox. So uh, that was good to see. But, yeah, I think he's getting more opportunities there. And, uh, you know, KP, I think if they'll run him more – like they do when he's uh, when he's cutting to the basket, you know, have him in the corner like they do, and then he'll either end up with an open three-pointer or he can uh, slash to the basket and get a wide-open alley-oop, stuff like that. I'd love to see much more of that than what we've seen these last two games where they're just kind of force-feeding it to him in the paint. And, you know, uh, the last game against the Nuggets, you know, there's some of those plays that just kind of drive you crazy, like when he has the ball five feet from the basket – and uh, Jamal Murray is covering him, and he opts for a leaning fadeaway shot over Murray instead of <laughs> instead of just taking it to the rim for an easy layup as, as tall as he is. So I'm not exactly sure how uh, they need to do it, but, I mean, what's your, th- what's your thoughts on that as far as how Rick has created plays for those two players so far? Yeah, no, I don't really have a lot to add on that one. I think you hit it pretty much on the head. Um I think it just it just comes down to to better shot selection by the players by both of them. I mean, it's uh, you know, Luca likes getting to the rim. Luca Luca likes those those mid range shots now, and he's not a great three point shooter. So, um, put him in better situations to to get shots like that, and I think that's I think that's better for the Mavs until he can figure out his his three point shooting a little bit. I mean, let's not forget how what was it he was shooting nine percent yeah nine percent from three <laughs> at one point this season so maybe he should just put that away for a little while and, and rick should find some other ways to get him involved but yeah um but hey KP, he's close to 30 percent now so i mean yeah that's true but kp is is um i think for him it's just reps i know i know people are probably 
not wanting to hear that, but he did, you know, he is coming back from an injury and he's getting his legs back under him. And I think he's going to get there pretty quick. I just, you know, again, everybody be patient. Rick's going to find a way to get him involved with this new lineup. Um, it's just, it takes time. You can't figure that things like that out overnight. So. And I mean, and I mean, KP, he's obviously more comfortable doing like what I talked about that one play where he had Jamal Murray on him and, you know, you're just thinking to yourself, like he's a, he's a full foot taller than Murray and he's, he's a lot bigger and he was so close to the bat. You'd think that just like a couple of back downs and turnaround would have gotten him right to the rim and he'd score easily. But, you know, if he makes that shot, <laughs> we're not even talking about it, but right. it's just when, when it misses and when he had the, I think he was like, five of 17 the other night I had to look at the exact numbers but he, he was pretty bad shooting the ball the other night and so it just it sticks out uh, more than it normally would but I think they'll both be fine I think Rick will continue to uh, draw up the right plays for him going forward and like I said earlier the biggest thing is keeping KP at the five because that's where this team is going to excel uh, the rest of this season all right Next question is from his. He says, in the case of Brunson, uh, the Brunson and Burke backcourt, can we see them thrive at all or is one likely to be moved? I guess he means, uh, can we see them thrive together at all? Well, I mean, it really depends on what the Mavs do with the starting lineup going forward because, you know, Brunson, he's been like exceptionally better as a starter than when he's coming off the bench. Uh, <laughs> which tends to be the case when you're playing with Luca. <laughs> so, uh, so I mean, I we'll have to see what they do there. But yeah, it does seem like you know before all these all this COVID stuff came up, before you know the roster kind of got derailed a little bit, that Brunson and Burke were having trouble uh, in that second unit because they're similar players. You know, that Brunson he's shown a little bit more of an ability to create as a starter, but you know, he still tends to like to be aggressive and drive to the rim. You know, he's more of a scoring guard than he is a distributor. And Burke is the same thing. So when you have them on the court together, you know, it, it can be kind of stagnant at times because neither one of them moves the ball as much as what we'd probably like them to see. So I think they can thrive together off the bench, uh, especially if Brunson can play even, you know, close to how he's been playing as a starter. But I don't know. We'll have to see uh, if the Mavs do end up making, you know, a, a trade like a big trade. I do think Brunson's one of their more attractive assets at this point in time. So if they want to sell high <laughs> now might be the time to do it, but uh, we'll see how it goes. What do you think about that backcourt? Yeah. I've never been a big fan of the two small guard lineups that, Rick likes for some reason. Um, I, it's fun when it works, but um, I think, you know, at some point it's, it's destined to fail, especially when you get into the playoffs. Um, as far as, as far as one of them moving, I do think they could succeed. I just think it's very unlikely. As far as one of them moving, I think it would have to be Brunson. He's like you said, he's far more attractive of an asset. 
Um, yeah. Any trade that the Mavericks make, you think that he would almost have to be a part of it. Um, so I don't know. I, I would like to see them kind of move in a different direction from playing both of them at the same time. Um, as much as I love Burke in the bubble and uh, you know, he could, he can, he's very streaky. He can go for 25 on any given night, but he can also go for three, you know, three points on any given night. So, um, I would like to see them make a move towards, you know, with, with Dorian coming back and Josh Richardson coming back. I would like to see them move Tim Hardaway Jr. to the bench and be the two guard next to Brunson. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, James Johnson at the three, Maxie at the four, Dwight at the five, whatever. Yeah. Or n- not Dwight, not Dwight, Willie at the five. yeah and look i mean i i like we've talked about james johnson as you know point forward at times and as we've seen you know sometimes that's good we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And then if you if you get a little bit too much of that, then you know it kind of it kind of becomes an issue. You know, <laughs> James Johnson giveth and James Johnson taketh away sometimes. So uh, I think in that particular lineup, him at the three, he can still handle the ball a little bit if he needs to. But uh, he's another guy who's you know relentless with crashing the boards, and he's good with his cuts and everything. I mean, he once this roster gets healthy. Uh, I think that second unit is going to put together a little bit more consistency and be more of what we what we thought this team would look like heading into the season. We just haven't had a chance to see it all together yet. So. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters, the more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. 
Most reliable based on rankings from RootMetric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Support for the Mavs Step Back podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched in the UK. We've gone years without using the right tools for the job. You can be one of the first men in England to experience their life-changing products. I don't know about you guys, but if you've ever had an accident down there, it's not the best feeling in the world. It can get in the way of a lot of more important things that you have going on and make things uncomfortable. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team has perfected the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0 in the UK. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower And one of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Let's get that bush to tush clean. Get 20% off free shipping with the code LUCA at manscaped.com. Make your testies their besties. Get 20% off free shipping with the code LUCA at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code LUCA. Your balls will thank you. Uh, but anyway, moving on. Let me see here. This is from, it says, Corky McBricks. <laughs> so let's say it says do you guys think the Mavs struggles are simply due to being undermanned or do they go deeper than that sometimes when I watch it it looks like there's coaching there's coaching scheme and effort issues that I'm not sure will go away whenever the COVID guys get back uh yeah I mean yeah I think it's mostly due to them being undermanned because like I said earlier, the the projected starting lineup for the Mavs going into the season, they haven't played one minute together. You know, KP, even if they had been fully healthy, KP was out um, for the first nine games of the year. And so, you know, he's back, and they'll have to get that starting unit to jail, and uh, Rick won't have to experiment as much, which I don't think he's had. I mean, he could have just left KP at the five last game, and I think it would have been fine, but – he won't feel the need to have to experiment more as these guys come back and, you know, get their conditioning right. And uh, I, I think it'll be fine. I don't think there's any underlying issues there. What do you think? No, I, I agree. Um, it, coaching decisions can look quote unquote questionable when you're having to play West and one do and Josh green and, all these other guys in place of Dorian and Josh Richardson. Like I like Josh Green. We talked about how much I liked him in the last po- – how much we both like him in, in one of our last podcasts. But you still want to play Dorian or jo- or Josh Richardson over him because they're better players at this point. 
So yeah, when, when you're when you're throwing out guys that either aren't ready to be playing yet or are meant to be at the bottom three or four guys on your rotation or not even on your rotation on your roster, like the guys that fill out the back end and they're getting big minutes. And those are like guys that you're relying on because of your health issues. That's going to make things look worse than they are. So I I think it has more to do with health than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. There's not much I can add to that. So uh, we're going to move on to this next one. Now this one's from, uh, I think it's, I don't know if that's an L or I, but I think it's Al Dash 10. Uh, he actually left us a bunch of questions here. Uh, we're not going to be able to answer every one of these, but uh, we will eventually answer all of them at some point. But anyway, the one that I found most in- interesting that he asked was, what could we trade to Toronto to get Chris Boucher? And Matt, I don't know if you've paid attention to Chris Boucher this year, but he's averaging 14 points, seven rebounds, two blocks a game in just 24 minutes per game playing. And he's shooting 55% from the field, 45% from three on four attempts per game. And I'm pretty sure, let me look this up real quick. I'm pretty sure he's still like, yeah, he's making six and a half million dollars a year for this year and next season. I don't know if they're going to trade him. (laughs) He's, he's one of like, uh, he's one of the real bright spots of that Toronto team. Now the only thing is he's 28 years old, so he's kind of a late bloomer, but man, if they could, you know, if we could find a way to, you know, package Dwight Powell or, you know, a pick or something like that. I mean, I would even consider trading, uh, you know, one of our rookies for him, not, not Josh Green, but, you know, I I mean, I I would, I would, I don't know. What would you give up for Chris Boucher? And I mean, I just don't think the, the Raptors would trade him at this point. He's been so good, but what do you think about that idea? Man, I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be real, real honest with you. You have no idea who I, I just have, mentioned, do you? I have never heard of, of that guy in my entire life. My entire life. In my entire life. Um, we have said, an NBA casual in here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> that said, he sounds awesome. Uh, but <laughs> like you said, the six and a half million dollars. I don't see what reason Toronto would have to want to get rid of him or to, unless they're getting like a pick that they want, like a first round. I, I don't know. Like what would like, what He'd be would a be great. Their, I'll say or, this. He, he would be a great fit for this Mavs roster, especially, you know, if he's taking Dwight Powell's place on the roster. Uh, and I mean, look, he'd probably be even better than Maxi the way he's been playing. So, I don't know, man. I I'd love to have him, but I really just I don't see Toronto trading him for anything for anything that the Mavs would want to give up. I'll put it that way. So Yeah, I right. mean having a guy like that would be excellent, but I mean you can't you can't always approach trades in the mindset of well the Mavs need to get this guy, what can they do to get him? It's yeah. You also have to think of, well, would this team consider parting with this guy? 
Right. So. Well, we're going to move on. This is another trade question, too. This is from uh, Tobias, and he says, would you trade for J.J. Redick? And then an extension of that, uh, I guess it, I guess this is separate. Would you trade K.P. Brunson and two first for Beal? Uh, so first part of that, J.J. Redick, no, I would not trade for him right now because unless it, unless it was just now. Look, if he gets bought out and the Mavs want to, you know, take a flyer on him and try and uh, try him out that way, I'm fine with that. But this guy is about to turn 37 years old. God, he's that old. He's 36, going on 37. Oh wow! And he's shooting 33% from three this year, which is not JJ Reddick. Like, like he's one of the bigger reasons that New Orleans is five and 10 to start this season. And I get that trading Drew hurt that team, but I mean, I didn't expect them to be this bad to start. And I think, you know, JJ Reddick's falling off of a cliff, so to speak, in regards to his three point shooting has been one of the main reasons for that. And he's making 2 million more per year than Dwight Powell. So, I mean, if he's making 13 million a year, he is on an expiring. But, I mean, if you're making that much money and your best attribute is three-point shooting and you're shooting 33%, I just don't see the reason for trading for him. Can I interject? Go. I would absolutely trade Dwight Powell for him. (laughs) Well, I mean, I probably would too. But Hear me out. how much how much of that of his struggles have to do with the fact that he has to rely on like Lonzo Ball to get him shots? Well, Lonzo Ball is a decent distributor. Well, I but, know, but, not but like the, the bigger the bigger issue with the Pelicans is spacing, though. I, I mean, I get what you're saying. Right. They don't have any shooters. <laughs> right. So imagine if he was put on the floor with someone like Luca, maybe that number would jump up dramatically. Maybe he would have an easier time out there. Yeah. Well, look, I'll put it this way. If, if, if it was Dwight Powell for Reddick straight up, I'd probably do it because one, that would work financially Two, it gets you off the rest of Powell's salary and you have JJ on expiring. And that's just my biggest thing though. Like I, I worry because yeah, he's older than what I thought too, Matt. Before I <laughs> before I looked that up, he he doesn't look like he's you know thirty six, thirty seven for sure. But uh, I just worry that you know he's gotten to that point, like maybe he's fallen off a cliff as far as his uh, three point oh. efficiency goes. But I mean, yeah. it it wouldn't hurt. It wouldn't hurt to try it. I mean, yeah. well, here's my rationale. Dwight getting off of Dwight's contract would be nice. He's, as far as I'm concerned, useless. Um, so having another shooter coming off the bench is, is great, but he's an expiring contract. So getting off of Dwight and having that expiring contract in your back pocket and, you know, that's worth it in and of itself to me. But then if he can get a shooting touch back, great. That's an awesome thing to have coming off of your bench. If you can't, he just, you know, he'll be sitting down there where Dwight will hopefully be sitting, taking up less money in the, in the long term. So I think yeah. it's a win-win, honestly, to trade for him either way, if it's Dwight, if it's Dwight. Yeah. And I mean, if it is that, then you, again, you know, you got to look at the other side of it too. It's like, 
why would the Pelicans want Dwight Powell? They have Steven Adams. They have Zion. They have Jackson Hayes. You know, what would be the motivation to get off of J.J. Reddick's expiring deal and add Powell, who still has, you know, he's making 10, 11 million a year for the next couple of years after this one. So that's the rub. So, yeah, (laughs) that's what I'm saying. Outside of Powell, which it would be difficult for them to accept. Now, as far as the second part of this, no, I wouldn't trade. I wouldn't trade KP Brunson and two first for Bill. Uh, now, if you know, if it was closer to you know just KP and uh, uh, the picks and everything, I, I don't want to. As good as Bill is, I think a lot of people are kind of underselling KP's value right now. Like it, the Mavs aren't going to trade him. They view him as untouchable. So all of this, all of us, you know, even speculating about trading KP, I just don't even think it's it's going to happen because of you know how the Mavs feel about him, and they have a right to feel that way too because the dude is amazing if he can stay healthy. But I just I feel like a lot of people, Matt, are thinking that KP's trade value isn't great. Uh, you know mainly just because he's making $30 million a year and uh, he's yet to play a full season. But I don't think that way. I think there's still a, t- a ton of teams out there that would give up quite a bit to add Kristaps Porzingis. So that's why when people say, like, oh, there's absolutely no way the Mavs could get Bradley Beal, I'm just over here thinking, like, no, I'm not. <laughs> I think they could get Beal if they really wanted him because I don't know what you know, I don't know what Washington could get back, you know, as far as a talented player. I don't know who they would get back that would be as talented and have as much potential as KP does. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I don't think that's going to happen, but I'm just saying, like, you know, I think his trade value is a lot more than what people realize right now. But, yeah, I, I wouldn't do that. I think that's too much to give up. Yeah. Um yeah, I agree. Because you're hamstringed. You're hamstring. You're hamstringing hamstringing yourself through 2027 if you did that. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know the, the whole the whole KP trade thing. You know how I feel about that already. So yeah, we're gonna. And, and I mean, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna try my best not to talk about it as much the rest of this year. I'm gonna give him. We're going to go through the rest of this season. We're going to hopefully, you know, unless something just catastrophic happens, we're hopefully going to get to the postseason and uh, see how him and Luca there, if they're fully healthy. And, you know, if, if it just doesn't work out for a second straight year, uh, as far as his durability goes, then maybe we'll, you know, have these conversations again in the future. But as for right now, you know, I'm content with uh, holding on to KP and, uh, like I said, just put the man at the five and let him ball out, and <laughs> everything should be fine. So, mm-hmm. uh, okay, let me see here. We got a couple more. All right, so we talked about our guy six six Drew. He dropped us a question in here as well this week. He said, "How likely is it that Luca spends his entire career in Dallas?" And I mean, Matt, this is a good question because. You know, in today's NBA, it's not uncommon for guys to 
become unsettled in their situations. And, you know, they eventually, whether I'm not, I don't think Luca's the type to force a trade at any point, but, you know, if he ever, if he gets past his first contract and becomes a, uh, unrestricted free agent, you know, when he's like 26, 27, whatever, whatever age he'll be at that point. You know, if the Mavs haven't given him enough help like these past two off seasons, I think it could eventually trend in that direction where he at least looks at other situations. You know, I, I think he's a loyal guy. I, I think he, I think that comes with the territory of, you know, him coming from Real Madrid uh, and, you know, the Slovenian national team and all that, you know, he's, he's a real loyal dude. And I don't think he would want to leave Dallas, but, you know, if he keeps putting up these 35, 15 and 10 games and yet they're still losing, (laughs) I mean, at some point he may look elsewhere. So I guess my question is, my question I guess my answer to Drew's question is I don't think it's likely that he leaves Dallas so I think the Mavs would really have to botch you know (laughs) the next handful of off seasons uh, for that to become a possibility and given you know how these last couple ones have gone they haven't really given guy given a lot of us confidence that they can avoid doing that. But I've told you this and our buddy Kirk in our uh, group chat, Matt, but this next off, this upcoming off season, this could be, you know, the backbreaker for me, you know, as far as like, you know, I've been okay and I've kind of uh, softened my stance and everything as far as like how the Mavs have approached free agency uh, the last few times. But this off season coming up, if they don't spend and put, you know, if they don't have an upgraded supporting cast around Luca after this upcoming offseason with as much money as they have to spend, that could be the last straw for me. And if they botch it this time, then you can you can kind of see where people would start worrying about him, Luca, that is potentially looking elsewhere. What do you think? I hate talking about this, but I understand why it's being asked. It just scares me so much. Yeah. I mean, um, same here, but I mean, you see what numbers he's putting up and <laughs> there's, there's so many great games that just kind of go to waste and you, you can't help but think about it sometimes. So I, I get it. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, all you really have to do is look around at the NBA with the teams who have been struggling and their stars wanting to get out. It's just the way it works now. It, it, you know, it players move, everybody moves. There's no, there's no inherent loyalty anymore. Maybe yeah. Luke is different, but <clears throat> I mean, what are the odds of, of the one guy that the Mavs have invested their future in being the exact same or having the exact same mentality as the guy that they invested their future in 20 years ago? Yeah. So it, it's, We'll just have to see. I, it's it scares me to think about, but if I mean you're right, if they don't figure out this off season issue that they've been having, and they don't start putting some legit pieces around him, 
he has every right to want to leave and I wouldn't blame him. Yeah. Now that being said, you know, like I said, this is going to be a huge off season. They've, they have a ton of money to spend. Uh, and then, like we said before, you know, there's been some trade scenarios we put out there where if they, if they got even more expiring contracts back, you know, they could do like say, I mean, this, this is obviously pie in the sky type of thing, but you know, say Kawhi Leonard and the Clippers crumble again this year, he has an opt out. He could become an unrestricted free agent. So, I mean, if the Mavs were to put things together and stay healthy this year and, uh, you know, Kawhi just – he doesn't like his Clippers situation as much as he thought he would when he signed there. You know, he could be an unrestricted free agent. And the Mavs would have enough for a max uh, a max spot and then some. You know, they could make multiple big moves uh, this upcoming offseason. And that's one of the benefits you get from having Luka on a rookie deal, which is slowly coming to an end. <laughs> so – I'm not saying that that's going to happen. I'm just saying, like, if, if an opportunity like that were to come up, the Mavs would be in very good shape uh, to make something happen. So they, they, they need to do something, even if it's not, you know, one of those pipe dream moves like going after Kawhi Leonard or something like that. They still have enough money to where they can spend they – can, they could even overpay guys if that's what it takes to get them to Dallas and still be okay and upgrade the roster as much as they have to spend this summer. So uh, they just – they have to worry about building this roster to how it best fits Luka. You know, get some guys that are – instead of, you know, microwave-type scores like Tim Hardaway Jr. and and Trey Burke, you know, maybe – and I'm not saying that, that they shouldn't keep those guys if, if possible, but, you know, try to find some more consistent – scores to put with Luca, you know because if if everything I'm not saying guys have to hit every single shot that Luca <laughs> almost assists them on but there's so many of them that are wide open that just get botched like Luca, he should be averaging about 15 assists per game if we're being honest you know as many open looks as he as he gives and that's even with you know factoring in some of the misses too he should be averaging 14, 15 assists per game. So we'll see how it goes. I mean, I, I don't think it I don't I don't think he'll leave Dallas, but I mean I definitely get why that question pops into people's heads. So uh Matt, last one. This is from Chris Kahn. Uh he asked us who is most likely to be traded or which Maverick is most most likely to be traded if we were to make a move by the trade deadline this year. So I think it's, I think I can't name just one because I think it could go either way. My two, I think it's between Tim Hardaway Jr. And James Johnson. And I say James Johnson, just because he's making, you know, 15 million on his expiring contract. So I think if the Mavs made a big deal, you know, they'd probably need him just for salary matching purposes. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to say Tim Hardaway Jr. or James Johnson, maybe both, depending on the deal. So what do you think? Yeah, uh, Mine were going to be James Johnson and Jalen Brunson. Yeah. Um, because like I said earlier, I think you have to have Jalen Brunson involved in any trade worth making at this point. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, his value his value is at an all time high right now. Right, and James Johnson is, you know, like you said, he's got that expiring deal, so it's easy to move him without, um, you know, for teams looking to shed salary or you know to to help match uh, to help match for a bigger contract or whatever. Yeah. Um, having him there helps. So and he's I, I and he's not he's not just dead money either. You know, he can help you. He's 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 not worth fifteen million worth, but I mean he's still a very serviceable uh, role player, a very serviceable serviceable vet. So uh, I think he's got some value on both sides of that coin. You know, expiring deal plus he can help a team out for a, a limited time. But yeah, I totally agree. But yeah, I mean I don't know I don't know what uh, the Mavs are going to end up doing. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, everybody says that the bill thing is impossible unless you include KP because of what Drew Holiday went for and what, uh, you know, they look back at what uh, what the Clippers traded for Paul George. And, I mean, I just don't know if you can compare those situations, though, because, you know, Drew Holiday, I consider that an outlier situation, Matt. I, I feel like I don't think there is any other team – aside from the Bucks, because they were just desperate to get Giannis to sign that Supermax. I don't think there's any other team that would have given up as much as what the Bucks did for Drew Holiday. And Drew's great. That's just my opinion on it. I don't think anybody – I don't think you can, you know, compare that situation and say, oh, well, Drew went for this, so Bill has to go for this. I think it was a unique situation, you know, separate from uh, the rest of the market. So, what yeah, do you think? It, it matters – where Beal wants to go. We've said that a yes. million times. Yeah, so. that's the biggest thing. If he says, I want to go to Dallas, I want to play with Luca, you know, I, I feel like that he's been so loyal to the Wizards all these years that if, you know, if it has gotten to a point where it's the last straw for him, which he's very frustrated. We saw that last night uh, after the Wizards fell to three and 10 and uh, they got blown out by 20 against the Rockets, John Wall, <laughs> the, the guy they traded uh, for Russell Westbrook had a big game and they beat the Wizards. And, uh, you know, before the season, Bradley Beal was talking about how excited he was to finally get to play with Wall again because when they played together the first time, they were pretty good together. And, you know, he's grown a lot since then. And uh, he just never got that chance because they traded they traded Wall for Westbrook. And, Shocker, Matt, the Westbrook trade uh, has gone exactly how we thought it would. They've been one and nine when he plays. <laughs> so yeah. uh, I think he's I think he's kind of fed up. Uh, like you said, it just depends on his preference. I think if he goes and tells them, like, look, uh, we've tried this. It didn't work. This is where I want to go. If he says Dallas, I think there's a good chance of it happening. And I don't think KP has to be involved for that to happen if we're his preferred destination. But the way Bill is, you know, as loyal as he's been, he doesn't really strike you as the type to be, like, super forceful with a trade. You know, he, I think if he did do it, he'd be more likely to just say, you know, send me to a contender or something like that. But we'll see. We'll see. He is a Jordan guy with Luca, so that's another connection he's got. 
<laughs> we're gonna you know it's kind of like a ground ground ball they say you chase out a uh, what's the term chasing out a ground ball in baseball that's what we're gonna do with this uh this bradley bill pipe dream <laughs> it's alive until it's dead so but guys that's gonna do it for another episode another great mailbag we always have a lot of fun doing these and we're gonna keep doing them in the future and I uh, hope you guys love the new rebrand and uh, the new intro and all that. We're, we're continuing to grow every single week and uh, we appreciate y'all coming in every week and giving us a listen. So we appreciate it. Hope you enjoy this next stretch of games. The Mavs have coming up. Uh, if something comes up that warrants a, uh, an emergency pod, we could have another podcast for you this weekend, but we'll just see how it goes, but we appreciate it guys. Y'all have a great rest of the week. Let me step back for a minute. 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 Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.